Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 to 11. Therefore, if I have any encouragement for being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, like having the same love, being one in the Spirit and one, and one of mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain consent, conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking to your own interest, but each of you the interest of others. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very, in very nature God, but not consider equal equality with God some, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming an obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God ex ex exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, everyone, every knee shall bow, shall bow in heaven, on earth, and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I can't wait either. Good morning, Heather. Hello, everybody. Great to be here. It really is. And um, thank you, Emma. So, uh, Emma starts with us tomorrow. So, uh, I said you were so close to doing what I'm doing this morning. Maybe <laughs> next week. No. <laughs> um, it really is just so, so wonderful to be here. It's been too long and um, just want to say how lovely it is to see you all. And uh, yeah, thank you for having me this morning. Uh, so my name's Alex and I, uh, I live in Salisbury. I have two little girls who are four and six and they both started school uh, this September. Uh, my, my youngest one started. Uh, so they both walked in hand in hand together off into the sunset as I wave goodbye to these first few kids. A little cry. And as they disappeared around the corner, I realised I was holding both their bags. <laughs> and uh, I'm already one of those dads have a reputation at the school, school gate. It happened quite, quite a lot last year. Um, but it's really, really lovely to be here and um, thank you. I, I can't not do a talk without some sort of game or demonstration, okay? I'm a schools worker by heart, so uh, forgive me. Um, I do have um, a jug full of some ping pong balls, and I will need a volunteer, please. So I won't be playing that because that will just be me, she's already done. Don't you enough, don't enough today. But um, who would like to come and help me? It's not too onerous, you just need to better roughly catch the ball. Okay, roughly. It's okay. In fact, if you're a bad catcher, it actually helps me more with this analogy. Yes? 
at the back. Thank you. Come on, let's give a round of applause. Yeah. I hope you're not, I hope you're not too good, though. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 come on, come on up. Come on up. There's always great humour here. Yeah, yeah, anyway you like. Anyway you like. Great. So, um, you're going to do it all? No, no. Um, right, so, what I'm going to do is I've got a number of, of uh, ping pong balls here, okay, and um, you just need to try and particularly focus on this one. Right. Okay, that's the one you really need to make sure you catch. Right. All right. But you do need you get more points the more balls that you catch. All right. So we're gonna have a go. I'm gonna just go here. And I'm gonna... You ready? Good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's it. You've got to throw them back to me though. You can't hold on to them. That's it. So we're just throw them back. That's it. Oh. That's it. oh. <laughs> Connectivity. 
and hurry that we become aware of as the bridge in our work with children and young people. And then I'd love to share a little bit about what we do across the schools. And this particular focus I'd like to give is one of loneliness. And in an age where there are perhaps more connections than ever, we've never been better connected. Young people often have never felt so disconnected. Despite phones, games, other devices, it's actually been reported that many te teenagers are experiencing high levels of loneliness and anxiety. In fact, some young, young people report being lonely up to 20% more than older generations. And I suppose it's that realisation that, that more connections doesn't necessarily equate to feeling better connected. And I know it's not just for young people, it's for, for many of us, there's a, a pandemic, another one, of that sort of connection deficit, despite the myriad of connections that we have. Disconnected almost from ourselves, disconnected from each other. And we see this in our work across the schools. There's a, there's a disconnect in, in community, a disintegration of connection, real, meaningful, authentic connection. And I go around and I speak to schools, I speak to head teachers, um, and, I, and the other day I was, I was meeting with a, with a head up in, um, in, in Durrington at a secondary school, and he said, we've got all our academic side sorted for the year. We've just, we've got it together, we know what we're doing. We've got all our pastoral stuff, kind of, you know, it's there, it's okay, we know what we're doing there. But there's just something missing. I can't even put my finger on it. There's just something missing. And he, he put his hand on the bridge brochure and just said, I think this is the missing piece of the jigsaw. And for us, we see so many times the power of in those busy school places, busy, uh, moving, uh, fast pace, but actually simply having an adult there to listen in that place of hyper-connectivity, sitting down, listening, and saying, I see you, I hear you, is so powerful. And how powerful for us that we know that in our, in our busy world, in our hyper-connected world, that we have a God who says, I see you, I hear you, let me dine with you, let me come and be with you. What an amazing gift that is. And, and that's our heart for the young people across this area, that they would know that there is a God who desires to be with them. That of all the balls that you saw being thrown around, the yellow ball was the most important, in a sense, of all the connections around us, that Jesus is the one who we can look to, who's the author and perfecter, the one we can fix our eyes upon, the only one who would not let us down. Who will not disregard us. And in our work across the schools, it's, there's a real move into chaplaincy. And Anna's going to be leading our secondary schools team and chaplains across local, local schools. And we're really this year in a, in a time of transition, um, moving away from bringing Christian faith, hope, and love to children and young people, which has been our motto for a long time, towards being with young people. And I think it spills out that desire, that innate sense across the schools of just 
We need somebody to just be with us and, and to see us and to be that person that, of sort and I who, who operates differently from the rest of the school. And so we're in 12 uh, schools doing chaplaincy, primary schools and secondary schools uh, this year, which is hugely exciting. Not just church schools, but also community schools who may not need or, or want a chaplain, but actually have said, you know what, we, we really want this. We really want the person to come into the school and be that presence, to be with our students, to be with our staff. And actually, one of the, the key things we've seen as a result of the pandemic has, of course, been an impact on, on mental health and, and well-being across all the students, but actually, almost for the first time, we've seen an overspilling of, of need coming from teachers and from staff you know, in those busy places of just constant movement interventions. Schools, of course, have to be like that in many ways. But there is a disconnect that we see. There was one pastoral manager who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer and has been given a couple of years to live. And we came, we sat with her and we said, how are you? How are you doing? And she just said, do you know what? You're the first ones to ask me how I'm doing. She's been in that school for years. Busyness. You know, Paul bears witness to this reality in his letter to the church in Philippi. And he says to them, it was not enough for Jesus to tweet us or write on our Facebook wall, but being in the very nature of God. He didn't use that to his advantage. Rather, he lowered himself. He made himself nothing. He humbled himself to death cross that he might be with us not just on our periphery not looking from a distance but with us he might walk alongside us isn't that amazing Eugene Peterson wrote that Jesus put on flesh and blood and moved into our neighbourhood and theologians call this the incarnation but simply put it's the idea really that Jesus you know, he made himself at home with us. That he would be with us. And I just love that scene in Genesis. Almost that sense of, this is what life will be one day for us. This is what life should be about. A Jesus walking in the pool of the day. With us. And I think that's the love story of, of eternity. As we see him face to face. Walking with him in the cool of the day. Being with him. Isn't that an amazing picture? The road to Emmaus is another example of two um, conflicted and, and desperate individuals walking, you know, really dis, you know, disconsolate, just walking around, and, and Jesus comes alongside them. He doesn't say, hey, it's me, look, what are you doing? Get back to, you know, he doesn't say any of that. He walks at their pace comes alongside them, he sees them, and he hears them, and he journeys with them, and as a result, their eyes are opened. And this just comes about by Jesus walking with them at their pace. And so this morning I just want to very briefly draw out three things that I hope will kind of stir us and encourage us. Firstly, have you, have you ever noticed that Jesus is never in a hurry? 
And, you know, despite doing so much <coughs> in the Gospels, he, he never hurried. And perhaps Dallas Willard is right. If the aim of our spiritual formation is to be like Jesus, then perhaps ruthlessly eliminating hurry from our lives should certainly be a priority. You know, Jesus is present, giving his full attention, walking alongside them, standing with them. And as I mentioned earlier, I've got two daughters, Charlotte and Esther, and, you know, for the last few years, I've had to learn, as I walk with them around, we've got a path that we like to walk into town together, you know, and they're, they're like, oh, Daddy, look at, the, look at the pigeon sitting on the fence over there. Yes, but we, we've got to go. Charlotte, we've got to go. But look, but look up there, look at the... Look at the fishes in the water. No, we, we're going to be late. We're going to be late. But, but Daddy, look, they're selling sausage rolls at the stall over there. I know. Okay, I'm coming. <laughs> but okay, all right, I hear you. But but just you've got to hurry up because and it's I've had to learn that to be a father to my children is to walk at their pace and to enter into their world and to sit with them, to, to walk with them and journey with them. Not to rush them on, but to get down to their own level, see the world from their own perspective. And I think, isn't that the kind of relationship that God desires for us to have with us? And the Japanese theologian Kasuke Koyama, I've been practicing that, in his book Three Miles an Hour, says this Love has its speed, it is a spiritual speed. It is a different kind of speed from the technological speed to which we are accustomed. It goes on in the depth of our life, whether we notice it or not, at three miles per hour. It is the speed that we walk, and therefore the speed the love of God walks. You know, God never rushes ahead of us. He's there alongside us. And for us, in, in the busyness of schools, the real threat to spiritual encounter is, again, busyness. And we see it time and time again through our prayer spaces or through our times of reflection or just in one-to-one -one positions with, with young people where when you take that away, when the phones are taken away, when the, when the distractions are not there, the silence is often the place where they can encounter the love of God, sometimes often for the first time. It's a bit like Elijah. Uh, he was trying to find the voice of God in the, in the earthquake. Surely that's, that's where it is. You know, it's on social media, it's on that program I want to watch, it's on, that's where it is, it's on the, the uh, you know, another meeting I'm going to go to, or, or whatever. Or he looked in, for the fire, oh, surely the Lord must be in the fire. And then the Lord told him something really profound, that he, there he was in the whisper, not in the fire, not in the earthquake, not in the noise, in the high activity, but in that gentle whisper. And that's what we yearn to see, the gentle whisper of God coming to children and young people, as he does to us, at three miles an hour, the speed of walking, the speed of love. That sense of let me be with you in this Martha culture. But secondly, it's in this place, this place of slowing down, where God has met us 
transformation really can then happen, where hope can be birthed. And I've kind of lost count how many times I hear about the deep impact of our work across students and staff, just when it's been as a result of slowing down and noticing the one, moving away from the 99, focusing on the one. You know, where despite the busyness, we can say to a young person, I, I see you. Despite the noise of activity, I hear you. You know, we, we had a student just um, a few months ago, part of a prayer space, and he came and just had no phone and just sat there, and he just engaged with the, well, with the choir. And at the end, I heard him say to his teacher, He'd never felt that kind of feeling before. And I was like, what would you mean? That feeling of, the feeling of being quiet? <laughs> it was, but for him, it had been a place where he'd entered into a sense where authentic connection can happen. A moment of quiet. Where conversation is stilled and the very whisper of God can break through. But thirdly, and finally, Paul talks about in your relationships with one another, have that same mindset as Christ, Jesus. And so, not just to know his, his, um, his community and his closeness to us, and his slowing down, and his, his desire to be with us, but actually um, for us to be with each other, to be with those that God's put in our path. It's the path of humility we looked at earlier, of sacrificial love, the way of Jesus. And I wonder who God's put in your path, who God's stirring for you to just be with in your community, in, in your life. Where is that slowing down? Where is that drawing both of yourself, yourself to God, but also of yourself to others? And I just wonder whether that slowing down at three miles an hour might just turn out to be the antidote needed to bring change and hope within our pandemic of isolation and loneliness. You know, I was reflecting on the loss of our dear queen, and actually I think for many of us what she embodied was that sense of, you know, this passage from Philippians, in a way, that despite her royal position, she was a queen of the people. You know, she showed us what it meant to serve to be with her country through the turbulent times, the ups and downs. And she modelled for us that sense of presence, standing with us as Christ stands with us too, in all the roller coaster of life. And so I'd love just to pray for a moment before I go into very succinctly, hopefully, um, what the bridge does in a bit more detail. So let's just take a moment just to, just to stop, empty our, our thoughts. Lord, we're so conscious of our lives can so easily be like those balls flowing, being thrown around, that sense of hyper-connectivity. And whether we're feeling lonely or hyper-connected or disconnected or or even if we're not, Lord, would you create that hunger in our souls for that one true connection, that yellow ball, if you like, of being connected to 
the one who really matters, the one for whom our souls were made. And Lord, would we be reminded that you are a God who yearns to be with us, to walk alongside us. Whatever might, might be going on around us, that you are there walking at our pace, waiting to connect. And Lord, help us to connect more wonderfully, more incarnationally with those around us. Put on our hearts, Lord, those who we can reach out to this week. Knowing me, how just how profound that sense of just being with, just sitting down with, can be for all of us. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who journeys with us. That you did not um, use to your advantage your royal privileged position. Keep yourself at a distance from the mess of the world. But you came in, Lord. Draw close to us, we pray today. Amen. Amen. I'm really sorry, but in the hyper connectedness of this sermon, I neglected to press on the clicker at any stage. So there you go, that's a lesson, isn't it? So there you go, I'll have to start again. There's no other way. Sorry. Uh, so here we go. That's the speed. There we go. That's my, that was my PowerPoint. Did you like it? Um, so just uh, a quick synopsis, so we are at, with the Bridge Youth Project, we're in 30 schools, primary and secondary, across Wiltshire, uh, mainly in the Salisbury area. Um, I know also many of you already know this, and, and we have some fantastic supporters uh, sitting uh, in this room already, but really we're, um, we're up in the north of, of the county as well, so recently in the last couple of years we've, we've uh, launched in schools in Royal Woods and Bassett in Carn and devices as well. Um, and as I said earlier, there's a real kind of move into chaplaincy uh, that, that schools are just hungry for and, and really crying out for. And, and so in a sense, we're sort of reimagining what chaplaincy is like for, for schools and for young people. We, at the moment, we, we run about around 15 primary schools, RE lessons and whole day events and social skills courses, which are around emotional literacy just four children in a group for five weeks and just helping them to unpack life, um, be a listening ear, um, and collective worships as well, um, ping pong balls or not. And um, so that's kind of a big area for us. And then mentoring as well has been a huge area. And Richard here is one of our mentoring legends that we talk about at the bridge. Um, I he doesn't like me saying that, but it's a uh, humility, you see. Um, but um, the mentoring scheme is all about matching people from a local community. We've got a bit of time to give to meet with a young person um, and just, just to be a listening ear, to say, oh, I see you, I hear you, you're loved. And um, it's, it's simple, really, but it's really profound, and we, we love the mentoring scheme as an opportunity for anybody to, to, connect, to connect to that. But also youth voice, so we're really increasingly uh, wanting to, uh, to ensure that young people are part of the, the dialogue of how we run as an organisation, as a charity, and, 
and um, how we prioritise what we're doing, that we're actually listening rather than just thinking we know what young people want or what young people are saying. So um, one of the opportunities I'll talk about later will be um, we're putting together something called the Bridge Youth Collective, uh, which is around uh, working with young people in this community, in this whole area, who are Christians, who want to um, come and eat pizza and be part of um, a conversation occasionally where they will speak into the work that we're doing across the schools um, and develop some leadership skills. So if you know anybody who'd be interested in that, uh, that would be, I'd love to have a chat with them about that. But also, you know, we are the bridge and we want to act as a bridge between schools and churches. We believe passionately in the power of the local church and we want to hold the hands of the local church. We don't want to replace the local church. We believe powerfully in it um, and in his bride to be the answer to um, what we see going on in the world around us. And as I mentioned already, we're embedding chaplains across 12 schools and we're seeing what God's going to do over this year uh, and see what happens. It's a new area of our work and one we're definitely experimenting with. Emma and, um, will be, key part of her role will be around helping us to shape what this looks like across the schools. What does chaplaincy in this day and age look like within schools? So I'm going to play a very quick video that just shows a little bit, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in it and my hair is even brighter than it was, um, than it is now. Um, but uh, yeah, enjoy and I'll explain a little bit more in a second. Uh, through well-being courses and be a link with the local churches 
assist with RE lessons and collective worships, and so much more. We are so excited to have this opportunity, and even more excited to already be seeing the impact that it's having. Our friend Rob has been working as a chaplain in four primary schools in the north of the county for the past 18 months. And we recently got to speak to some of the students about the impact he's having on them there, and here's what they have to say. He makes things so like normal, like you're just talking to your friend, and he helps so much, and he has loads of fun with you because he knows exactly what you like doing and what you like to talk about. Yeah, um, he's kind of like a massive role model to me because, well, I always like struggle with my confidence, and he kind of like is there to kind of boost that and so far my confidence has increased like by loads. Uh, before I got in lots of trouble but and like said some just something blurted out of my mouth but now he's made me like think before I say something. He he makes you really think about stuff before you um, do it. So yeah he makes me feel a lot harder about my decisions before I put them into action. And that um, has changed quite a lot for me, um, thinking about Christianity. He gives us lessons on love language and tells us how to resolve friendships and what language not to use and how to be kinder to each other. He's like really supportive and he's, he's open if you want to talk to him. He doesn't feel like a teacher, he feels like a friend who you can like play with and like talk to him like you're not feeling the best. Before SAS, my I had really bad anxiety, and he showed me how to control it and to not worry about it, and like it will all be over and done with afterwards. Really enjoy the assemblies with Rob because we don't just sing any random song. We sing songs about God, and we sing more than one, so we learn more things. The thing that Rob helps us with is our self-confidence. Because ever since Rob came to school, he's always helped me with my self-confidence. Because when he started, my self-confidence was down low, and that was up high. Um, I often really struggled with confidence until Rob and I met, and we decided to start doing the classes we did. And it built our self-esteem as well. For me, ever since Rob's came, I feel like I can accomplish anything in the world. I hear children down the corridor shouting, Rob, when they see him, and, and they are they are delighted to see him because they know if they need him, they can come and talk to him. Spiritually, he, uh, Rob, Rob brings out the spirituality in all of us. It, it's, it's, it's odd to define and quite difficult to define, but when he talks about things, he talks about things from a different perspective. So we're, we're, we are talking about things in a, a head and deputy in an educational context. Rob will bring in spirituality and make you think more about how children are feeling and how families are feeling and where they are in their spiritual journey. There you go. It's a little, uh, little video that just shows you just a little bit about some of the exciting impact that we're having across the schools. So how could you get involved? I'm going to use the slide now. I've worked hard on it, need to use it. Um, so first off, we've got Youthscape uh, Essentials, which is for absolutely anybody who uh, is involved in, in supporting children and young people, working with them, or perhaps you never have and you would like to. 
Um, and so we're running training, which begins on the 13th of October. It's completely free, um, and it's it's basically all about equipping uh, local people with some of the, those skills to work with young people um, and putting helping us put ourselves in the shoes of young people and work with confidence uh, across youth groups or in whatever context we're working. So that's um, Youthscape Essentials. We also have a bridge commissioning service, which, you know, after the pandemic, it feels like we've just not, you know, run any of these kind of events, and it's just lovely to be running this again. Uh, on the 6th of October at St. Francis Church, in Salisbury, we are uh, welcoming the new bishop uh, of Salisbury and um, also Philip McCarter, who's a head teacher for local school, Winterbourne Elves, who's going to be doing a bit of a keynote uh, talk. We're going to have a choir from one of the schools uh, and a time of worship and just hearing about what's happening yeah, across the work. And we would just love to extend that invitation to all of you um, to come and homemade cake as well. That's normally how we bring people in, so homemade cake. So that's all right. So there you go. Um, so we'd love to see you there. The Bridge Youth Collective is what I mentioned earlier. So if you know any young people who um, you just think it would be great for them to speak, or they think it would be great to speak into uh, this, to be part of this, um, this gathering, this, this, it wouldn't be too, too regular, it wouldn't be a massive commitment, but it would be uh, a great way for local young people to speak into our work across the schools and to meet together uh, as well. So there is that. So, I just want to thank you, because everything that you've seen, uh, everything that you've heard, is not as a result of our efforts, but really is a result of, of um, much welcome prayer, and um, support, and encouragement, and we're just so grateful to Water Baptist for all, you know, long-going partnership, and I can see several people here who support us already, so grateful for that. So, thank you so much, um, hope that's an encouragement to you, and um, I've got loads of things to give to you at the end. So, thank you. Thank you.